Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Max Fantastic Podcast Hour. We have been in the studio tonight with Josh Swidler, who is a member of UW's College of Education 2021 LTEP cohort. Welcome back, Josh. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. As always, we wrap up every podcast with caller questions, so let's jump right in. Joe Beak from Seattle, you are on with Josh. Hello, this is Joe. Uh, Josh, I just had a quick question. Um, What got you into education in the first place? Hi, Joe. Uh, That's a great question. Um, You know, I was going to physician assistant school at University of Washington Medicine, graduated 2018. And towards the end of my second year, I realized that um, I just didn't like all the emails, the charts, the consults, a lot of the red tape that would be um, forced upon me as a as a physician assistant. And I just lost a lot of interest. I graduated in 2018. um, And what I realized is that I like teaching more. Um, I liked when kids would come into the office because they would say the most amazing things. Um, I love the teaching aspect of, of PA school. I love telling people what the medicine was for, why they were using it, what they were, what kind of maybe side effects they could expect from it. I like doing procedures and explaining, um, you know, here's a procedure we're going to do for you and here's why. So I like the teaching aspect of it and the hands-on aspect of it, not so much the administrative part. Um, And I know that teaching in elementary school, teaching elementary students really lets me combine working with kids and the teaching aspect. So in a nutshell, that's how I got into teaching. Um, it wasn't something I wanted to do my whole life, but I kind of got into it later later in life, but I'm, I'm glad I did. Thanks for the question. Hello, Sean Champion. You are on with Josh. Go ahead, Sean. Hey Josh, Sean Champion here. I'm coming to you out of Mill Creek, Washington. And I was just wondering if you could um, tell me or tell us a little about a little bit about your experience as working um, and working as a paraprofessional. Sure, it's a great question. So I started as a paraprofessional with the Seattle schools towards the end of the 2018-2019 school year. And I worked all the way up until Governor Inslee closed the schools back in March of this year. I worked um, primarily with TOPS K-8 through on East Lake, but also worked a little bit on Queen Anne and Green Lake. Um, I've had the wonderful opportunity to work with some amazing students and teachers. Um, and different staff members as as being a pair pro and being a pair pro definitely made me realize that teaching was uh, teaching was certainly for me. I was lucky enough to experience working in classrooms from kindergarten all the way up to seventh grade, but um, I soon realized that elementary school um, for me, kindergarten through fifth grade is where I found myself the most comfortable and where I work the best. Um, I was assigned to work with special needs students who had ADHD, autism, and other learning disabilities. 
um, and I really feel like I did a good job in um, in helping them become successful. I really feel that my experience as a pair pro will make me a more sensitive and patient educator. Hello, George Horsefield. Hope I got that right. From Tacoma, go ahead. Hey, Josh, George Horsefield here. I was wondering if you could tell us about the application process, a little bit about what was stressful or difficult. Hey, George. Um, sure. So, first thing I remember was that I had to take two prerequisite classes just to be able to apply. Um, it was math and one other one and I'm trying to remember what it was and you know I actually forgot what it was but in any case I was taking these two classes while working full-time as a pair pro and putting my application together at the same time very stressful for me there's a lot going on probably the hardest part for me was just starting my essay just sitting down opening up a word document and putting even a single word on the page. That took me weeks to even start. Though once I started, I found it very hard to stop until I was done. And I was lucky enough to have several friends and my mentor read it over, tweak it, wordsmith it, um, adjust it to make it sound just right. Um, though I would say the interview was probably the most fun I had in the interview process, the actual uh, in-person interview and the whole process. Um, normally, I would have been nervous for this, and I was a little bit, but the folks who ran my interview were so welcoming and friendly that I quickly forgot I was even in an interview, and it felt like I was just hanging out with friends. My favorite part was the read-aloud. Um, I had practiced this, this read-aloud was you... Um, um, there was a book and you had to read it to the other candidates in the class and act as though they were kindergarten or first grade or second graders and read it to them and discuss it with them. Um, but I had practiced this book at home and with my kindergarten at school many times. Um, seeing as I was, I was so prepared, I could really relax and have fun with it. And I, obviously it worked out for me. Um, the one thing I would say I could have done better was that I should have started sooner in my, started sooner, applying sooner, um, because I actually ended up submitting my final application the, the day before it was due. Um, this is a, just a testament to me because I've always been amazing at procrastinating. Phil Nantucket Porterhouse from Forks. Boy, that's quite a mouthful of a name there, Phil. You are on with Josh. Hey, Josh. Uh, Phil from Forks. Just a quick question. What were you doing when you found out you got into the program and uh, how did you feel? Well, that's a uh, great question, Mr. Porterhouse. Um, you know, I was actually taking a nap I just had um as my second day off from the um from the quarantine I was just taking a nap woke up and checked my email and I got the congratulatory email and I kind of freaked out for a second um I felt actually started my dog <laughs> um, I felt very proud I felt very accomplished 
Um, at the same time, a little scared and nervous. I knew how hard the program um, was going to be. I also felt really happy because um, both my parents were teachers. So I felt like this is a way of kind of following in their footsteps. So um, it was a it was it was a good day. Um, I was hoping I would get in, and it turned out to uh, have a good outcome for me. Thanks for the question. And our last caller of the day is Andrew Larkin, footstep. Huckleberry Maloney. Are you serious with this name, guys? Anyway, um, Mr. Maloney is calling in from Olympia, Washington, and you're on the air with Josh. Go ahead, Mr. Maloney. Hello, Josh. This is, I just go by Andrew for obvious reasons, but um, I learned that you are one of only six or seven males in your cohort a cohort that has over 50 people in it. How does this feel being in the being in the minority? Well, first off, um, I love your name. Also, <laughs> I need to say um, just how happy and excited I am to be part of such a well-rounded and amazing group. I just hope to be able to actually meet my fellow classmates in person one day and not just see talking heads on a Zoom call. That being said, um, I truly feel that elementary schools um, need more males, uh, male figures in them. Um, it's there's a lot of females um, in elementary school education. In fact, as that when I was a parapro, um, there were 12 elementary school teachers, only one male. Um, I really feel a school and a school staff should represent the students they serve. And it's really hard to do this with just a small handful of males. Um, myself, I had two male teachers in my K through five experience, um, which is actually a lot. Um, and it was nice to have that kind of a type of diversity in my education. Um, I hope to be able to offer something unique to my students and be an inspiration um, and be seen as a leader to them. And as you know, that futuristic chime means that we are all out of time for today. Though before we go, we must say a special thank you to our four sponsors. Our first sponsor is The Atlantic and their article titled The U.S. Teaching Population is Getting Bigger and More Female. Published in February of 2019, you would like us to remember that women are making up a larger share of educators as they have in recent decades, but also that fewer female college students are seeking teaching degrees, which has seen an 11% drop since the 1970s, reminding us that the gender gap in education might be getting smaller, perhaps. Our English sponsor, the BBC, and their article titled, One in Four Primary Schools Still Has No Male Teachers, wants our listeners to understand that male shortages in our educational system are not only prevalent in the U.S., but are seen in the U.K. as well, as women make up three-quarters of registered teachers. However, 
25.6% of newly qualified teachers were male, which was up from 24% last year, suggesting a narrowing in the gender gap. Mindset of paraprofessionals serving students with emotional and behavioral disorders, an article published in 2020 by Hamill Institute on Disabilities, encourages readers to understand that paraprofessionals provide direct social and behavioral support to students with disabilities and are amongst educational workers suffering from quick burnout as these students are sometimes seen as the hardest to serve. And our longest standing sponsor, Educational Leadership, reminds us from a piece published in 2003 titled, Working with Paraprofessionals, that paraprofessional support can ensure that students with disabilities receive an appropriate level of attention and prevent these students from falling through the cracks. In addition, lets us know that teachers must see their paraprofessionals as a teaching partner and steer clear from the gracious host role. Well, that wraps it up for this week. Again, our guest tonight has been Josh Swidler, part of University of Washington's College of Education Class of 2021 cohort. Josh, thanks again for being here. It was my pleasure. Fantastic. And on behalf of all of our sponsors, we thank you for your time. And don't forget to join us next week when we discuss the ever-growing problem of Canadian geese at Green Lake. Good night, everybody.